All right. Hey, do me a favor and give those that are watching us right now live online a round of applause and thank them for being a part of our experience today as well. We appreciate all of you. And uh, man, today is going to be an exciting day. Who are you rooting for? Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm talking about, little Team Jesus. Yeah, come on. Well, we've got the Patriots and the Rams playing today. And uh, man, my heart's crushed because the Cowboys weren't in it this year. But anyway, we'll keep praying for them. But there's going to be an amazing game later today and just excited because uh, it's always a lot of fun just getting together and connecting with people and uh, enjoying a, a fun experience. It only comes around once a year, but we're having our own Super Bowl right here at Rethink Life Church. And I'm excited for what God is doing in the hearts and in the lives of people. And man, 2019 has gotten off to a great start and seeing a lot of life change and impact in so many different ways. And I'm just excited. You guys still excited for 2019? All right, you haven't given up on, on, on 2019, have you? Don't, don't quit yet, we're just getting warmed up. But we've been in this series called Your Best Year Ever, and uh, I'm still believing that. And I'll be honest with you, as I've been preparing for these messages, um, if anything, it's just kind of put new fire inside of me. It's, uh, I think, just kind of challenged me and inspired me to continue to believe great things and big things for this calendar year. And I pray that that is true for you. And I know that uh, anytime you get started in a new calendar year, it's always exciting. Um, it's always um, I don't know, just kind of cooled when you kind of start the clean slate. You're kind of, you know, optimistic. You're looking forward to the future. And uh, I know at times what happens is, is that uh, we just need a little extra boost. And that's what this series hopefully was um, designed to help accomplish. But more than just a boost, it's really been more of a framework. It's been a, uh, a specific structure that we can build upon. And during week one, we talked about the importance of uh, really starting with the with the removal of the limitations that we often place upon ourselves. So we have to get rid of the, the limited beliefs and exchange those for the liberating truths. And then week two, we talked about uh, completing our past. The last thing we want to do is we, we don't want to drag the worst of our past into the best of our future. So we got to say goodbye to our yesterdays once and for all. And then week three, we talked about designing your future. In other words, there are specific goals, and we talked about uh, really 10 specific domains or categories in our lives that we really should kind of build and structure our goals and our, our aspirations around in order to achieve those areas of priority in the course of a calendar year. Last week, we talked about the importance of uh, discovering your why because it's so important that we keep the why in front of us. It's what keeps us motivated because when you lose your why, you lose your way. And so today, in this final installment, we're talking specifically about something that at the end of the day, it all comes down to, and that is make it happen. So turn to your neighbor, look at him, and say, make it happen. Because it's one thing to say we're going to do something, it's another thing to actually do it. And so that's what this series is about, and that's specifically is what today's message is about. Um, as I stated, you know, setting goals for me on a personal level is energizing. I, you know, it's just something for me that uh, I, I get excited about because, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. However, um, that, that energy seems to dissipate uh, all of a sudden when I realized uh, how long it's going to take or how hard it's going to be or, in some cases, how expensive it's going to be to actually pull some of the things off that you want to accomplish. And so what happens a lot of times, you want to just kind of quit before you even get started and that's what keeps us from actually making 
those things happen. Um, just to give you a little personal testimony of what I'm talking about, I'll be honest with you, for years, uh, I would always get a, a new journal at the beginning of a new calendar year. I'd always get a new calendar and then a journal. And so typically what I would do is I would start out and I would write out just that grocery list of things that I wanted to accomplish, you know, over the calendar year. And for years, at the top of my list, here's what I would put. I would put, I want to start a blog. And then uh, I put some other things about uh, writing a book that I've always had in my heart to write. And so I would write, I put at the top, I want to start a blog, I want to write a book. And then I always dreamed about doing a podcast. And so I said, all right, well, I'm going to put that down. And so I started writing down these lists of things that I wanted to do. And a lot of that was specific to families. I've always had a heart to want to encourage families. I want to help strengthen marriages. And I just want to um, do all I can to come alongside and encourage parents and in the process of raising their children. So I've always just had a heart for families. And I thought, man, it would be so cool to write a blog and maybe do a podcast and maybe write a book that would encompass these things. Honestly, year after year, I'd write those same things at the top of my list. I never got it done. Just never did it. Still to this day, don't have a blog. Still to this day, don't have podcasts. Still to this day, <laughs> I've yet to get the book written that I've desired to want to write. And so it's defeating. It's discouraging. You want to just sometimes say, well, what's the use? It doesn't work. And so I've been bound to determine that 2019 is going to be different from the last few years and I would be safe to say that you can relate because there's probably some things that are still outstanding that were on your bucket list of things you wanted to do from previous years, but still they haven't been checked off. And we're in that same place, and yet you have a dilemma. And the dilemma is, am I going to do it or not? Well, today specifically is a message to inspire you to make it happen. So no matter what, today is the day. And we're going to learn an amazing uh, story from God's Word that I think is going to help you. You remember the story of Jesus? You know, it's the miracle where Jesus fed the 5,000. You know that story. He took uh, a little Scooby snack, a little boys, you know, fish and chips, you know, a little lunchbox, and turned two fish, five loaves of bread into this miracle. And the Bible says some 5,000 people were fed that day but other translations actually say that there were 5,000 5, men. So when you add the women and the children in addition to that, some, some theologians believe that it was anywhere from ten to 15,000 people that were actually fed that day with two fish and five loaves of bread. Unbelievable miracle. And so Jesus, it's getting late in the day, he begins to send the crowds off. He also sent his disciples off. He told them to get in the boat, sail to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he'd rendezvous with them later. Uh, on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So we know the story. The disciples, they get in the boat. They start heading uh, to the other side of the Sea of Galilee when suddenly this, this storm began to surface there on the water. Who knows what was happening? I'm sure the, the wind began to pick up. You know, I'm sure there was lightning and thundering going on around them. You can ima only imagine. It was a terrifying experience. And then suddenly one of them began to see something from the distance. And they began to think, man, it looks like a ghost. So it kind of freaked them out. So in this moment, right there in this storm, out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, what they thought was a ghost, suddenly they hear a voice. And Jesus says, take courage, it is I. So he's reassuring them that Jesus is there. No need to fear when Jesus is near, amen? 
So in this moment, they're looking, and they thought, what was a ghost? Suddenly, Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's me, it's Jesus. And then Peter says these words in Matthew chapter 14, looking at verses 23 and following. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he took hold of him and he said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are certainly God's son. I love that story. And today we're going to learn five things from it that we can apply to our lives as we begin to really move forward in faith and believe that 2019 is going to be, will be our best year ever. And here are five things that we're going to unpack. If you're taking notes today, the first is this. Number one is you got to take your first step. That's it. You have to take your first step. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus told Peter, he said, come. So what did Peter do? Peter got out of the boat, and notice carefully, he walked on water. What an experience. I mean, can you imagine walking on water? What a miracle. What an amazing moment that Jesus encountered. He did something that, humanly speaking, was impossible. I can only imagine what the other disciples were doing as their jaw dropped as as they're in the midst of the storm. Peter gets out of the boat, and the dude is walking on water. And so as he's walking on water, this amazing thing begins to happen. And the amazing thing that begins to happen is he he begins to experience the supernatural. But here's the thing, Peter would have never been able to walk on water and experience the supernatural had he not taken the first step and got out of the boat. And so all of us in this room have the same decision we have to make. We can talk about it, we can write it down in our cute little journal all day long. But at some point, we got to get out of the boat and we got to take our first step. We got to make it happen. Now, I'd be safe to say that there are some of you here today, and maybe you've thought to yourself, well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to accomplish this, and I want to, I want to, see, I want to see that dream fulfilled, and I want to see the, that aspiration realized. Well, all that's great. But you will never know what it's like to restore a broken relationship until you pick up the phone and you say, hey, we need to meet. You'll never know what it's like to physically get in shape, to get healthy, until... You get a trainer until you get a coach, until you take that next step. You'll never know what it's like to get out of financial debt until you pick up the phone, you set an appointment with a financial advisor who can help you come up with a plan on getting out of debt. Listen, you'll never know perhaps what it's like to start that business you've always desired to start until you first get out of the boat and take the first step and come up with a business plan. On a spiritual level, you'll never know what it's like to have true Christ-centered friendships until you connect with a group of people that you can do life with through a life group. 
Listen, you'll never know what it's like to actually live a life on purpose and live fulfilled knowing that you're contributing to something bigger than yourself, that you're actually making a difference until you start serving on a team. You see, at some point, we'll never be able to walk on water and experience the supernatural and experience what God can do and will do until we get out of the boat. So it all begins with Taking the first step. Don't live with regret. Take the first step. That's the first thing. Number two is this. If you're taking notes, and that is you got to stay focused on the goal. You have to stay focused on the goal. Now I know what some of you doubting Thomases are saying. You're probably thinking, well I took that first step. I tried to reach out and restore that broken relationship, but it didn't work. Well I tried to get out of debt. We, we met with this person and they said to do this and do that. It didn't work. You know, I, I tried to get in shape. I bought the best shoes you could, money could buy, but they, somehow they didn't work. You know, I, I, um, I tried that small group thing. Those people were weird. It didn't work. You know, we can always rationalize and make excuse and justify or just write it off and say, oh, yeah, I did that, but it didn't work. Well, here's the thing. You've got to stay focused on the goal. In other words, you've got to keep your eye on the prize. You see, Peter was able to walk on water and experience the supernatural as long as he continued to move toward Jesus. In verse 29 it says, and he came toward Jesus. As long as he was moving towards the goal, moving towards Jesus, he continued to walk on water. But the very moment he stopped looking at Jesus, walking toward Jesus, and he stopped and he began to focus on the wind and the waves and the problems and the circumstances, what happened? He began to sink. And that's exactly what happens to us. We begin to sink. Things aren't working out like we thought they were going to work out. Or things don't go like we had hoped. And, and so what happens is we begin to, to experience that, that sense of failure because we begin to, to go through the difficulties. We get into that messy middle we talked about last week. And just because things get hard or things get challenging or things get complicated or things don't work out like you thought they would... It doesn't mean you throw in the towel and you walk away from your goals and your dreams. No, you got to stay locked in on the prize. you got to focus on the benefit. you got to focus on the outcome. you got to focus on the result. you got to focus on what's on the other side. You can't quit during the dip. So we have to stay focused on the goal. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off... Every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on who? Say it out loud. Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. You know what Jesus did? 
when he was going through the most painful, difficult time in his life, when he was praying in the garden the night before he went to the cross, he said, God, if there is any other way, if there's an easier way, please let me know. Let this cup pass from me. But instead, listen, he endured the pain. He endured the shame. In other words, here's what he did. He didn't focus on the crucifixion. He focused on the resurrection. He focused on what was on the other side. He focused on the outcome because he knew that if he pushed through and persevered, the greater good, the salvation of all humanity was going to be made available. And so we got to understand, listen, we got to push through and we got to keep the joy of what's on the other side, of what could be and what should be. In other words, we got to continue to be motivated by our why. You remember that statement we've heard a million times, no pain, no gain? That's true. Yeah, there are going to be hardships, there are going to be some trials, but we have to stay focused on the joy that awaits us when we restore that relationship. When we get our health back. When we get out of debt. When we launch that business that we've been dreaming about. We have to focus on what is on the other side. The third thing is that we have to replace fear with faith. I love that song that we sang a few moments ago. You know, with every fear, there's an empty grave. Aren't you thankful that there's an empty grave? Aren't you thankful that, that God has, has risen? Aren't you thankful that he overcame so we too can overcome the challenges that we face in our lives? I love what verse 30 says. It says, but seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. Notice he cried out and he said, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. See, the moment that we let our fear become bigger than our faith, that's when we begin to sink. We can't ever allow our fear to be bigger than our faith. You know, I have to give Peter a little credit. Because at least he had enough faith to get out of the boat. The other boneheads in the boat, they, 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 they said... You're crazy, man. I'm, we're, I'm, we're, not, we're not walking out there. They stayed in the boat where it was safe, or at least they thought it was safe. But notice what happened. They didn't get to experience what Peter experienced. Why? Because they didn't take the first step. They didn't even get out of the boat. They let fear paralyze them. And we have to do the same thing. Even Peter, even though he stepped out of the boat, yeah, he took his eyes off of Jesus. He began to sink and in that moment of sinking, what was happening? He was terrified. He was afraid because he didn't think there was, there was, he was going to live. There was going to be any hope. But what did Jesus do? Jesus simply reached out and he resurrected his faith once again. You know, there are 365 fear knots in the Bible. And that simply means each and every day of the calendar year, you can remind yourself to fear not. There's no need to fear when Jesus is near. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And yeah, when things get hard and get messy and we want to quit during the dip, listen, we can continue to press on because our faith can override our fear. So my question to you is this. What's holding you back from moving forward? Is it the fear of failure? 
is the fear of rejection. This is one that I see a lot. Is it the fear of commitment? Is it the fear of the unknown? What fears are holding you back from moving forward in faith for what God wants to do in you and through you? I'm always amazed at how often people will say, well, well, you know, I don't know that I'm quite ready to join a small group. That's why we need to get in a small group. Yeah, but I'm afraid they're going to ask me questions. So what? We get questions asked all the time. You know, that's a part of growing. It's a part of learning. It's a part of engaging. It's a part of entering into one another's world. It's, there's things that we can share and we can offer that, 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 that's going to bless someone else. There's things that other people can share and offer that's going to bless us. Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. But we can't even get there if we're paralyzed in fear about all the what-ifs and the, and, and the unknowns and the well, what about this and what about that and why, what if they say this or what if they ask of that. Who cares? What's the benefit? It's the joy on the other side that awaits you from getting out of the boat and moving toward what you want to accomplish and not worrying about what other people are going to say or think, not worrying about fear, the fear of failure. And if you fall and you mess up, guess what? Join the club. Because we've all failed, haven't we? I know I have. Man, we mess up all the time, which leads me to step number four. You got to get back up when you fail. You got to get back up when you fail. I love what John Maxwell says is it's okay to fail just as long as you fall forward. So if you're going to mess up, learn something, okay? If you're going to fail, say, okay, well, I'm not going to do it that way again. But just move forward. Keep going. Keep going. I love what verse 31 says. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he took hold of him. And he said to him, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? You know what that tells me is that a little faith is better than no faith. And some of us in this room, you don't have any faith. And so... Jesus is saying, oh, you of little faith, why are you even doubting? So take a little faith, take a little, and get outside of the boat and watch what God will do. You've got to trust him. Trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll do what? He will direct your paths. He'll keep you walking on the water, but we've got to trust him. Every goal, every dream is going to encounter setbacks and hardships and difficulties. There are going to be mistakes along the way in our attempt to do what's in our heart to do. But let me say some things I think will be an encouragement to you. I love what the great Mike Tyson once said. Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. You can make all the greatest plans and strategies in the world, but all of a sudden when you are hit with an unexpected curveball and you never saw something come and you think, wow, what do I do now? You've got to keep moving forward. I love what Walt, Dis what, encountered, what Walt Disney encountered because it's so inspirational, especially those of us who know and understand the magnitude of Walt Disney's dream and vision. 
Well, Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star because his editor felt he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey was publicly fired from her first television job as an anchor in Baltimore for getting too emotionally invested in her stories. Steven Spielberg was rejected by the University of Southern California School of Cinematic Arts multiple times. Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, was cut from his high school basketball team his sophomore year. And Michael Jordan publicly reminds everybody that he missed over 9,000 shots that he took and he lost over 300 games. Steve Jobs, founder of Apple, dropped out of college to start Apple and then the company that he started fired him because it was failing. And then they hired him back to take over the company that they continued to allow to fail. And now his company that he started as a failure is now on its way to becoming the first trillion dollar company. It did. Maybe they'll finance our, our church building. <laughs> be awesome. That'd be epic. Thomas Edison's teacher told him that he was too stupid to learn anything. Colonel Sanders was fired from a dozen of his jobs, and he failed a thousand and nine times from the recipes that he tried to create. At age 65, when everybody else is retiring, he was broke. At age 65, he was broke after being in the restaurant business for 25 years. And in his late 60s, he founded Kentucky Fried Chicken and coined the phrase, finger licking good. Can I get an amen? The rest is history. Harrison Ford. His first small movie role, an executive took him to his office and told him that he would never succeed in the movie business. Today, he has a net worth of over $230 million. Tom Brady, who will be playing today, was picked 199th in the overall pick of the NFL draft in the year 2000. And he was considered by all the scouts and NFL owners, he was too slow and he was too awkward. He didn't have the agility and the mobility to make it as an NFL quarterback. Boom. Considered to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time. So whatever you do, don't allow your failures to be final. When you think about it in the spiritual realm, Look at the biblical characters of our faith. <laughs> What's interesting is that they were all a bunch of failures and misfits. Adam, who began the whole thing, couldn't even stand up the peer pressure. <laughs> Noah, who is considered to be the only righteous man living on the face of the planet before the flood, later got drunk and disgraced his own sons by sleeping uncover naked all night. Moses had anger issues and was a murderer. King David had an affair. Solomon was considered the wisest man who ever considered to live, who was ever considered to live by some, and yet he was also considered to be a sex addict. Paul had a horrible past. 
Elijah had a nervous breakdown. And Peter, the very man we're talking about, denied Christ three specific occasions when put on the spot. He denied he even knew who he was. So when you think about the challenges that come our way, when you think about the setbacks and the unexpected storms and the wind and, and, and all of the waves and the things that come against us, it's going to convince you that it won't happen and it can't happen and you'll never make it or this won't happen or that won't happen. Whatever you do, don't quit on what God has put in your heart to do. And number five is this. You got to celebrate your wins. You got to celebrate your wins. Remember, I shared with you that year after year went by, and I'd always write, I'm going to start a blog, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Year after year went by and still didn't, never did it. Well, I'm pleased to tell you that this year on September the 17th, I'm going to be launching a new book that will be in bookstores. All around the world. When the turn of the calendar page turns to March, we are launching a new blog for families, and we're launching a new podcast to a mainstream audience to connect with families to strengthen marriage and parenting relationships. And the reason why we're doing that is because I said, I'm sick and tired of talking about it. It's time to get out of the boat and make it happen. And at some point, you just have to move forward in faith, and you got to do it. But along the way, you got to pause and say, God, only you could have done that. God, only you could have opened those doors. God, only you could have given me the strength or the wisdom. God, only you could have given me the power to do what supernaturally I would have never been able to do on my own. But God, you made it possible for me to move forward. God, you made it possible for me to restore that relationship. God, you made it possible for me to get back in shape. God, you made it possible for me to get out of debt. God, you are the only one who, have, who, who could have done what you have done. And you know what? When we do that, guess what? We have a story to tell. I love what the scripture says in verses 32 and 33. When they got back into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat, notice, worshipped him saying, You are certainly God's son. You know what's awesome about that? Is that when we achieve certain milestones, when we achieve those things that God placed in our heart to achieve when we reach that goal, when that aspiration becomes fulfilled, when, when God does what appears at times to be impossible, but he actually does the impossible, when God answers prayer, when God restores a broken relationship, when God gets you out of debt, when God gets you back in shape, when God allows you to launch that new business and it takes off and it's thriving and it's successful and it's growing. Listen, when God does something great in your life, he allows it to happen. Why? So that there is a story that you can tell to encourage, to give life, to give hope, to give inspiration, to give those who need it most something that they need to hear that God is for them, God is with them, that God is with them, he'll never leave them, he'll never forsake them, and God wants them to succeed. Why? Because when they succeed, they have a story, and when they have a story of success, guess who gets 
the glory. God gets all the glory for who he is and what he's able to do to accomplish. Listen, he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or possibly even imagine when we're willing to get out of the boat and take the first step. So don't live with regret. Take the first step. And today, let's make it happen. Amen? Amen. And let's make 2019 our best year ever. So let's bow our heads together in prayer.